It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is this type time of year where there's a lot of NFL debate, some of it, most of it manufactured and, and maybe not all that relevant, but it is interesting. And it does force us to kind of take stock of what we're watching and what we're seeing. And Chris Sims is the, the latest uh, from NBC Sports, and he's got a great debate show on a daily basis with Mike Florio. They, those guys are very compelling in terms of addressing things that uh, they know how to light a spark. And Chris Sims's quarterback rankings – from 40 to 20, certainly did that. Justin Fields comes in at number 23. Now, it depends on how you look at it, whether you feel like he was unfairly uh, ranked too low, or maybe that's about right, or maybe some people, I doubt it, but feel like it's too high. Where do you come down on what Chris Sims thought in terms of where Justin Fields ranks among NFL quarterbacks? Well, first and foremost, for our audience, he was sandwiched in between a group at 25 and 24 that included Kenny Pickett and Baker Mayfield. 22 and 21 were Jimmy Garoppolo, Tua Tungavailoa, and number 20 was Mac Jones. So it tells you kind of the tier he's on. Mike Sando every year at The Athletic goes through and asks executives and people uh, that are talent evaluators in the league to help him put together his quarterback tiers. That usually comes out later in the summer around training camp. I would imagine that Justin Fields will be in a similar tier when those rankings come out later. This is how the league views Justin Fields in his current state. Justin Fields is going into a prove-it year without question here, where his uh, ability to climb that ladder is going to be open for him. And he's going to be able to, to, to prove to the world that he's better than, than some people say. But for right now, this is kind of how he's viewed. And David, what was most notable to me was in listening to the entirety of Chris Sims's discussion about Justin Fields, he told no lies. I know there are a lot of Bears fans and people in Chicago that got uh, really riled up by some of the criticisms that, that Chris Sims um, put forth on who Justin Fields is a quarterback. There was some contention that he didn't uh, put enough spotlight on the supporting cast that Justin had to play with in 2022, which has obviously been very well documented on this podcast. Uh, but I do think that he was very, very honest and very, very consistent with what we have heard from people that we have talked to both late last season and throughout the offseason about what Justin's thumbnail scouting report is in the NFL. And so I have no problems with where he is in the ranking or the logic he used in getting there. And I know uh, you've got some thoughts on that as well. Yeah, I think that before we hear from Chris Sims himself, I, I was most surprised looking at the list of, say, 25 through 20, where Tua was. I, I thought that was a little low for a quarterback who – Obviously, with the concussions, those are going to downgrade him. But if there was a, a, a quarterback between 20 and 25 that I thought maybe didn't belong there, it, it was Tua Tungabailoa because of what he's capable of doing. And I think that he might be ahead. Now, if you want to have the conversation about, well, who would you rather have, Tua or Justin Fields? I think it's a little different in terms of potential. But based on production, if this is what this list incorporates – I was a little surprised there. 23 for Justin Fields. I would probably have him a little higher, but let's hear from Chris Sims in terms of why he put Justin Fields right now where he did. God, we got that. Insane runner. Like, insane. Like, 
where you go, it's insane enough to when you put them up there with some of the better receivers and running backs in football, you go, it's as dangerous as some of those guys in the open field. But his throwing is a collection of great plays with no consistency. In fact, his overall quarterback game is that. And that's where he's 23 for me, right? Yeah, I, you know, I know. Hey, look at you. Look at some of the games where he had good stats and good runs, and you go, ooh, ooh, but but they lost, and he still made a number of, you know, mistakes or bad throws in those games to where I just I can't buy into it yet. I got to see a little bit more before I can start to say, oh, he's ready to take over the world here or or do something special. Right. Uh, I think, you know, where are the bad throws coming from? Why are they happening? His motion is still funky and he has no confidence in his throwing. Right. He turns down more what I would call NFL open throws than anybody I watched in the top 40 where you go. Now, he's open. You know, it's tight, but that's NFL open and he doesn't want to throw it because he doesn't trust where it's going to go. And that I know. I've been there. I've been there before, too, where you lose confidence. Your mechanics are a little off and go, wait, I don't control it. And you start to turn down plays. That's Chris Sims. Interesting stuff. No lies told. Like I say, no lies told. This is a quarterback who had an 85.2 passer rating for the league's worst passing attack in 2022. He obviously does a lot of special things as a runner, which Chris Sims noted and said that he's as dynamic in the open field as a lot of running backs and wide receivers in the game, which is high praise for who Justin is as a runner. Now it's all about finding that consistency as a passer. I thought him saying that it's a collection of great plays with no consistency is exactly uh, a succinct phraseology of what a lot of people in the league have been saying. There's a lot of made-for-Twitter highlight clips mixed together with a lot of, "Uh uh-oh, why aren't you throwing that ball? Why aren't you staying in the pocket longer? Why aren't you making reads quicker? All of those things are there. All of those things have been set up at Hellas Hall as boxes Justin needs to check in 2023. And now, again, we'll have to wait three and a half months until we get live regular season game action to see how much progress he's made, to see if it's light years ahead of where he finished last year, to see if it's more than just a collection of great plays. Justin owns his story now. He has the pen. He can write whatever story he wants for 2023, and we'll be here to relay it to the masses. That's a good way to put it. I think the things that stand out to me are, are about the the great plays, as you point out, with no consistency. That's what's eluded Justin Fields as an NFL quarterback. Also, the mechanics, if you want to call his throwing motion funky or unorthodox or uh, lacking fluidity, however you want to describe it, I think that Chris Sims is onto something. And Again, this is very difficult sometimes to talk about these things objectively because the way Chris Sims is talking about Justin Fields, to me, the way I'm interpreting what I hear is that this is the way a coach would evaluate Justin Fields if Justin Fields went to him for a quarterback clinic or a weekend or, or frankly, if Chris Sims were Justin Fields' quarterback coach with the Bears, these are the things that he would introduce on day one of season three and say – you know what? Our ceiling is as high as any young quarterback in the NFL. But where we are right now, we've got a lot of work to do to get there. This is what we need to work on. That's not an insult, and this isn't criticism of Justin Fields. This is objectively evaluating where this immense talent, this special player is right now and where he can go if he can change some of these things and improve upon them. Peanut Tillman was the guest speaker at the start of rookie minicamp earlier this month. And one of the messages that a lot of players and coaches took away from Peanut Tillman was the concept of run towards 
criticism. Understand where your flaws are. Understand how, how coaches and people that you trust see your game and then work to improve that. This applies directly to the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears right now, and I don't think Justin runs away from it, never has. That, that's what I was going to ask you because you're up there a lot more than I am, and, and I think that based on what we hear, based on the answer to the question last week about the contract, I care about wins, not about contracts, the way he is wired, it seems like he can accept some of these objectives analyses of his game better than the people around him perhaps or bears fans or media who are very defensive when it comes to objectivity <laughs> surrounding Justin Fields. And I'm not saying that to be snide or anything else, but I, but I think that the player is better equipped to handle run toward criticism is a great way to put it. And Pina Tillman knows that because that's sort of an old school approach, but I think Justin Fields is an old soul in a young quarterback's body. So this makes a lot of sense, and I think it's encouraging for Bears fans that he is like that, so he's not going to overreact to slights like this, and he's going to take just enough, just enough. He's got just enough Jimmy Butler in him, if you will, to right. take everything as a perceived slight and use that to his advantage. Well, and it doesn't have to be an edgy motivation. It has to be a internal self-drive motivation, which Justin has. One of the things I'll say it for the thousandth time, if I'm creating a quarterback from scratch, I will get several strands of Justin Fields' DNA and I will replicate them, right? Because the guy is tough, tough as nails. He's mentally strong. He's capable of leading. He's capable of riding the roller coaster that comes with an NFL season. He has a mentality to bring others around him for along for the ride, to point the thumb instead of the finger. All of the things that you want in that pinpoint leader of your offense and of your football organization, Justin Fields embodies. Now he has to become consistent as a passer. This isn't that hard to understand, and I think most of the league now has its arms around it. I think it was difficult within the season last year to kind of surf through the euphoria and all the things that came with all the rushing exploits and the highlight reel plays and get a true understanding of where the quarterback growth process was. I think as we've scaled back, more and more people have been able to watch more of Justin to deliver their feedback on what they're seeing. Chris Sims being the latest. And it's a very consistent thumbnail. That, that, that That's the whole thing here, David, is, is this is not some shock jock come up with an extreme take. So people will listen to my podcast take Chris Sims said what a lot of people have said in different forms. Forms. And it's a very consistent scouting report on Justin. Justin is the only one that can change that. And now it's the Bears' task to bring the best out of him as they go forward. And to their credit, they have now done a lot of things with personnel upgrades and and now you know unifying him with the coaches, whether it be Luke Etsy or Andrew Janoko or Matt Eberflus, that are going to help him try to clear these hurdles that need to be cleared in 2023. Last thing for me on this before we move on, I would just say that all that we said about the the description or the analysis or the evaluation of where he is is valid. If you're a Bears fan and you do want to get triggered by something in this <laughs> list, before we hear from next week, the 20 through uh, number one, I think that's when Chris Sims in a couple of days is going to release the rest of this list. I don't think that if you look at 22, 21, and 20, 22 is Jimmy Garoppolo. Too injured too often for him to be ahead of Justin Fields in my book. Sure. 21 is too uh, – that's too low for him because I do think that he is uh, on the verge, if he can stay healthy, of breaking through yet again. And I think he did that to some degree in 2022. Matt Jones at 20 makes no sense to me because I think he took a huge step backward. As much of a step forward as Justin Fields took in his second season, I think J Matt Jones may have taken a step backward if we're talking about 
the draft class, quarterback draft class of 2021. So if you want to quibble about anything, I think it would be those two guys in front of Justin Fields, not necessarily what was said about his game. Those are fair points, and I need to listen deeper to what the evaluation of Mac Jones was. I think there's some wiggle room given for the uh, situation he had around him last year with, with the, the strangeness of Matt Patricia and Joe Judge being the guys kind of kind of ushering him through the process, and we'll see where he goes and what's going to be, again, a, for as much as at stake for Justin here, there's a lot at stake for Mac Jones as well. I always prefer the tier system when we're doing these rankings, even during draft time. You know, it's really easy to get caught up in like, okay, this is guy number 37 and guy 39. Well, if you zoom out and you see that they're all really kind of on the same level and they're just bunched together or however you want, the tier system makes a lot more sense in my brain. That's why I look yeah. forward to Mike Sando's piece in the athletic every year, because it, it very successfully, usually you say, okay, this is the tier and it makes sense to me. The brain computes that way. Um, one more point from me, and maybe it's a natural segue. If you want to be triggered about things, just come to my Twitter account because apparently that has a way of sending people off as well. 